Hey, in this podcast, we have Shaggy Dreadlocks, author of When Day Breaks. If you guys enjoy the podcast, make sure you follow us or leave us a review. The more you guys help me out, it means the more time I get to punch the podcast. Thanks. Don't forget, today is pizza day. So head on down to the cafeteria to grab yourself a hot slice. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you. Thank you very much. I am known as uh, Shaggy Dreadlocks on the wiki, creator of uh, When Day Breaks, the uh, SCP-001, a couple other SCP articles, and uh, other things throughout the site, like XDEF duties, and uh, I think I actually ran the Reddit for a little bit. No, no, I was just one of the moderators. That's close. Um, huh. And that's more or less it. I mean, I got a YouTube channel, just started doing SCP readings. Um, some more that I'm going to be opening up in the very near future once uh, I get everything set up for it. And that should be pretty cool. Cool. So uh, as tradition, I always like to ask, uh, how'd you get into SCP? Um, I got into it. A friend had a had shown me uh, one of the pages. I, I don't know what it was. Something about a, a ghost or something. The series one SCP. And totally had me convinced that it was 100% authentic. Like there was this secret government agency i'm like what like oh shit and um it took me a good couple of days of reading through these to be like wait a minute this this isn't real I'm a little ashamed yeah. of that but you know i got got hooked after that started reading 682 all the uh the cross testing logs and you know that was kind of a, a wiki free fall from there yeah actually uh one of my friends he showed it to me uh, it's probably 2013 i think uh do you know Tor? Tor? Yes. So I guess as kind of his way of convincing me that it was real, he looked it up, SCP Wiki, on Tor, and made it seem like it was like hard to access secret like website. And for people who don't know Tor, basically Tor is like a, uh, well, it was created, I think, by the uh, CIA, but it's basically a completely like, anonymous encrypted uh, web browser that kind of allows you to anonymously uh, create, host, and visit webs without being tracked. Um, so there's a lot of normally illicit things that kind of go on <laughs> in Tor, but uh, that that's kind of what made it feel really like, whoa, I feel like I've tapped into yeah. this like underbelly of something that's not meant to be like uh, discovered by the public. And it just lends to um, that little bit of uh, legitimacy. Yeah, so it was like, it felt like I was looking at something I was not supposed to look at. Um, but, uh, the other question I always like to ask is, what are some of your favorite SCPs? Like something that really kind of hooked you in? Um, that's a little difficult because like I, there's just I've I've read through uh, way too many for a single person to have read through, unfortunately. Um, so there's a whole bunch. Um, I would say uh, five seven nines uh, one of my top. That's the one where every every bit of information you could possibly want is data expunged, data expunged, data expunged. Mm -hmm. Like uh, all up and down the article. I just like the uh, the mystery that it creates of like wondering what's going on there and uh, mm -hmm. how everything interacts. Um, yes, it's true. I feel like I've had a bunch of people who they either hate or love when people do excessive, like are just very heavy sponging. Yeah. yeah. And then and um, I think, I'm like uh, oh, sorry, go. Oh, I was just saying, that. I feel like there's like these two schools of thoughts where like some authors are like, oh, you're just a lazy author if you do that. And other people are like, no, that's like that adds to like the whole ambiance and mystery of SCP. Yeah, it's uh, it's that one's actually very uh, highly contested in terms of uh, rating. I think like right now, after a decade or so of being up, it's still only like in the hundreds. Oh no, uh, two hundred one oh, wow. looks like yeah, because of how many uh, it's upvote, downvote, back and forth uh, constantly on that <laughs> one because people are just so divided on it. Just it, some people just get mad. They're just like, I want to, I need, I need to know what it is. Like you don't know what you're doing because you're just not telling us. But like I think it. It's kind of a one-of-a-kind type thing, uh, and I think it does it yeah. very well. That's cool. Yeah, it's one of the more unique favorites I've heard on the podcast uh, to date. Hmm. Are there any other, like, top two, top three? I know I'm probably thinking favorite oh, ones, but... Um, there is one, but I I swear up and I'm going to absolutely butcher the title. I don't even know if I'm going to attempt it, uh, trying to pronounce... Uh, 
Oh, for the most part, I might be able to say this. Okay, it's uh, SCP-2188. Uh, that is uh, the life and times of Joaquin Pablo Izquierdo de San Felipe. Um, and that is a, uh, it's by uh, author Kalinin. And it's um, kind of about this guy who's, um, whose anomaly is that uh, things that happen in his life uh, affect some random small Midwestern town miles and miles and miles away. Uh, and it affects their artistic community and things of that nature. Um, that's very long article. Some some of the some of the newer readers might not be into that if they're looking for something creepy and scary. It's kind of like gets really mm. heartfelt and stuff like that. Um, but very highly recommended in terms of just pure quality. Hmm. I think I've read that one before. I can't well. I'm again horrible with remembering what I have and haven't read, especially with numbers uh, specifically. Uh, so I've been trying to refer to SCPs by their like actual yeah, like, I, titles instead of their uh, I for, numbers. I forget my own SCP numbers, uh, and I don't, I don't even have a lot. I have, <laughs> may, I have I have maybe a half dozen. I delete so many things. Uh, no, yeah, I got about fifteen maybe, uh, and I would I would not be able to gun my head. I would not be able to say them all. Um, yeah. All right, well, it's a good thing uh, in my notes, I wrote out the actual name of your SCPs and not just the numbers. That's good. So, yeah. Uh, so as people know, uh, disclaimer, uh, this is obviously going to be spoiler talk, this podcast. So if there are SCPs we mention, uh, I highly recommend you guys pause the podcast before we ruin the SCP for you. Um, but if you don't care about spoilers, have fun. Um, but as I'm assuming most of our audience member has already read uh, Daybreaks, uh, what was kind of like the big inspo uh, for that? Um, for that, oh man, I would have to bring up, oh, I'll just do it from there. There's um, the contest page. Uh, I can't remember who did the artwork or who had the concept for like, because when they, when they do those EXO contests, it's really, they'll have like a huge banner on the page, like it'll be a really big thing. Mm. All, uh, and I think it was, uh, it was a repeat, reiterating the, the one popular phrase uh, from like the, from the office of the administrator, like one of the very first pieces put on the wiki, I think. Uh, I'm probably wrong about that. Um, and it's uh, you know, so more or less about them dying in the dark so we can live in the light. So, you know, I kind of saw that and I just, I thought, what if we do that? Just flip it around a little <laughs> bit. So the light is something that is fucking terrifying. And then I just started going from there. Wow. Okay, that's cool. That's like a very simple, uh, but very seemingly, I guess, obvious now that you're pointing out, you know, ability to see the ever that motto. Yeah. Um, where was like, um, for me, it felt very Lovecrafty in the whole thing, um, which I'm, I love like Lovecraftian horror. Um, and it actually reminds me a lot. Have you seen the film Annihilation? It's also a book series. I, I have not. No, but I might check it out. Okay, that's Yeah, because... There, uh, I won't spoil it for you, but there, it has to kind of do with um, this weird occurrence that's affecting kind of biology and uh, uh, an environment on a large scale. Um, but there's a couple things that kind of reminded me of Annihilation, where uh, the fact that these organisms still kind of remained sentient, sentience and like would try to speak out um, in voices of like familiar uh, persons. Ooh. to try to lure them out into the light. Um, so that's that's kind of, uh, like in your story you have that, but I'm not gonna spoil it, but there's kind of like a related thing to that where this creature tries to mimic uh, voices to kind of manipulate people emotionally that's to nice. it towards it, so. Now I hear a lot, yeah. uh, I also hear a lot of uh, comparisons to uh, Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion, which I'd never seen uh, before I wrote that, but oh, yeah. so many people said like, oh, this is just like that eventually i checked it out and it's it's a really good series um but I, um some other inspirations were kind of more junji ito uh stuff uzumaki which i started reading uh i finished reading a little while before the contest started so that uh that definitely played into it a little bit um mm. and it, it, it's been a it's been a ito's been a very big uh influence on uh the stuff that i've been doing beyond yeah uh, i've daybreaks I've definitely noticed some Ito uh, touches in your stuff. I actually have not read Uzumaki yet. It's literally <sighs> just sitting on my shelf. What? I know, I know, I know, I know. It's so <laughs> good. 
uh, I've read Tomei, I've read uh, the Melting Class one, and I've read a couple others that uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think the Melting Class one, no, uh, Inari, was it Inari Fart? Fault? Fart. Uh, um, oh, uh, uh, the uh, the Enigma of uh, Amigara Fault. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's the first one I've ever read, like most people. Uh, and then I kind of like, it like really bothered me and made me feel really unsettled. Uh, and then I kind of part about it. it for a while. Yeah. And then I, I thought it was like a one-off thing. I didn't realize it was like an actual, like extensive mangaka um, author. Um, but then I kind of found him again because uh, one of my friends had uh, this really weird looking manga and it was a bunch of like melting people in a classroom. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, I got to check that out. Um, that was actually one of his funnier uh, stories uh, for people who can't handle his uh, more dark, very de grim, depressing stuff. That's a good uh, starter if you ever want to check his stuff out. Hmm. Um, I'm curious how people, I'm a huge Ava Evangelion fan. Um, I'm curious how people saw connected Daybreaks to Evangelion. Cause I personally don't even really see that much. I think I think it's in the, um, how in the ending it's more like all the consciousness is coming together and it gets kind of like trippy and shit at the end. I think that was the main point of comparison between the two. Cause it, Daybreaks has some, has some touches of that. Okay, that's a fair point. Everybody yeah. joining together as one type deal. Yeah, the singularity. Yeah. Hmm. So okay, that's that's some other some other uh, theme I kind of want to talk about. Uh, when you write your stories, or specifically with Daybreaks, do you tend to write a lot more uh, background of like why things are happening, um, and, or do you kind of just write it with mystery in mind and you don't even try to answer those questions? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes like. If it's a weird concept, I'll try to work it over in my brain just so I like once it does get to paper, it's internally consistent. But outside mm. of that, not really. I did. I kind of do. Um, and somebody called this out on uh, uh, five thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Like the way I write is kind of stream of consciousness. Like I just jump from mm. one thing to the next, and then eventually I'll go back and I'll tie it all together. But not okay. not a lot of not a lot of forethought aside from uh, making sure I can make it make sense to myself. Okay, so I'm gonna get rid of all those questions asking about if the why the sun and <laughs> I mean you can no. there's there there's I mean, a bunch yeah, of theories, sure. but I mean you can I ask mean, the, do you what? do you have any like personal theories yourself? Like do you ever kind of just touch back on it or you're just kinda like once it's out there, not I let it rest. Not not for that. I mean some other things like I kinda have um a small little headcanon about, but for day breaks, I mean one of the one of the things for that was like it, there really there really is no reason. It just does. Uh, there's no mm. purpose to it, no meaning, nothing. It's just everybody's screwed. Nothing really. So, to like, it. so your headcanon, do you have kind of like a vision of like what the foundation is? Because there's a lot of different interpretations of like how the foundation operates, if they're morally righteous, if they're kind of this like necessary evil, things like that. I mean, a little bit, but you you get to the point where like you see so many different articles, and you can, like you can't force everything to be in one one. Yeah. canon there's no there's no way for that to work so like i, I kind of go into everything with its own individual canon so if i'm if i find an scp and it's kind of lol canon it's kind of like the old old days and that's that's how the foundation operates if i go into one where they're ten thousand years in the future okay that's how they are um i don't really oh, okay i see them as like however however they need whatever role they need to fit to make the story work yeah i i personally see scps as like a standalone story I don't really consciously try to link other SCPs to other SCPs unless the author himself or their self is doing that. Hmm. But uh, the other kind of question I had was, I've noticed this weird trend <laughs> with some here, a lot of your SCPs where some sort of sun or moon or astrological body is involved in your work. Is that like a conscious thing that you do? I don't think so. I know what you're talking about. The move that's the um, that's in the uh, the D class one where they where I try to go over uh, how D class termination looks to the people in universe because mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense at all outside or in. Um, and the move yeah. that was that was a spur of the moment. I had most of the article down. I had no idea how I was going to end it. And I'm sitting outside. I'm like looking at the full moon. If that thing fucking blinked at me, it'd be scary as hell. Got it. And that was, I just threw it in, uh, kind of tried to make it make sense. Um, I do have a little bit of headcans to that, uh, but in terms of like throughout my work, um, 
I, I don't know. Maybe I need to go to therapy and figure out why I'm using astrological <laughs> phenomena. There, there was really, a moon also in 599. So that's why I was kind of like, uh, what's going use, on here? Where do I use a moon it, in 599? It was very, very brief. Oh, uh, okay. It was, it was one of the earlier articles. I think it was when uh, the MTF uh, go into the town and they notice the town's empty. Uh, and there's like that lamb. That, yeah, that whole okay. Oh god! I it's don't... very briefly mentioned. It's like a sentence. Okay, it was, pro- it was probably just a callback to something else. I do that a couple times in, uh, uh, like thirty thirty two eighty, I think. The uh, after the storm, I I drop a little hint to uh, mm-hmm. DJ Cactus's. Um, what is it? That the uh, you do not see the bodies in the water. Why can I not remember the name of that one? Oh, the name. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw that by the way. I <laughs> I had to check. So I was like, wait, did you write that? And I was like, wait, no, Cactus did. No, that is that might be my favorite class of '76 one right there. That one's really messed up. Yeah, twenty-three sixteen, uh, uh, school trip or something like that. I can't see the title from mm. where I'm at. Regardless, you know what I'm talking about. Most people know yeah. about it. It's uh, mm-hmm. popularly, it's very, it's memed a lot as well. Well, it's also your most famous tale. If I'm, I think that's your most famous tale. The uh... oh, oh uh, yeah, not fade away. Yeah, uh, about the. Uh, somebody falling prey to the uh to the lake uh mm-hmm. yeah that is, that is it's a very part. nice like contained little short story which mm-hmm. i enjoyed um what so you kind of briefly mentioned this i kind of want to pry this out of you what is this ha- headcanon that you have related to like the moon or the sun um, <sighs> like like i said um for for um in terms of the uh, the d-class one where the moon's kind mm-hmm. of a part of it somehow i have a um a small sort of headcanon for that one. That's uh, you, you ever see any of the um, what do they call it? The pataphysics uh, type SCPs, where like they realize they're they're written people, they're not real, and there's some gods that are watching down, writing their futures out. Uh, Swan's zero zero one proposal, where the oh gods, a bunch of horror writers, like that. Oh no, yeah, actually, didn't no. Know that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, cool it's uh, and and uh, for that one, in a pataphysical sense, it's uh sort of uh seeing because well the foundation has like like this veil for the for the public you don't know the foundation exists mm-hmm. well between uh the pataphysical foundation reality in our world there's a veil between that they can't see up we can see down because we're writing them but they can't look back up at us you know uh through the mm. narrative layers or whatever somebody would describe people have gotten <laughs> people have gone super in-depth into how all this works yeah. i just kind of ignore it and pick out the parts that i can use um yeah, so more or less, it's um, it's uh, like the authors, uh, more or less, mm. like seeing through the veil okay. for like a second that it interacts with their world. Okay, that's interesting. I don't so think... it seems like the moon is loosely tied to like the narrative gods. Uh... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, um. In terms of uh, when day breaks, on there's there's nothing. It's just. Well, speaking of day breaks, um, that's obviously your most famous uh, writing. Did you did you expect that? Like, kind of, what was your kind of personal um, reaction? A little bit, a little bit, because um, I had written it for the uh, the SP three thousand contest, the horror contest, and mm-hmm. it was doing pretty good there um, because it was kind of like a different way of putting things, you know, with the uh, the second person prose interspersed with the uh, actual text of the article. Um, it was doing pretty good, but some people, uh, were not a fan of just that mm. style for that contest. Like it's just a combination that didn't work out for them, uh, regardless of however much, uh, they, en- they enjoyed it. They were just like, oh, I just can't support this for the sole purpose of it being a contest entry. So that's took it down, uh, okay. fixed a couple things and, uh, went for the, uh, zero zero one slot instead once the, uh, contest ended. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So, um, I, I just assumed it was always a zero zero one nah, proposal. I was kind of like, I was waffling because, like, when I first started writing, I was like, okay, it's definitely 3,000, definitely 3,000. Get mm. 70, 80% complete. And I'm like, maybe I should do a zero zero one. But I I wanted to join the contest. So I was like, there's no way I can write something else in time. So I'm like, I'm just going to do with this. And uh, it didn't work out. So I'm like, all right, screw that. Zero zero one slot. Let's do uh, it. Well, it's a good thing you did do that. So I think it paid off. But to, I think, every YouTuber's chagrin, 
whenever there's a live chat, you get at least five. When are you going to do a day breaks video? <laughs> yeah. That's like the number one occurrence. That or Peanut. There's like the two that I'm like, I always see. Um, yeah. I feel like it's almost kind kind of become a meme in itself. It's it's it has. There's um, um it's become such a meme. There were there were like I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, you probably find them in Discord. But there's uh there are like memes about the memes for Dave. Like memes talking about how how there's too many memes. So there's it's memeception. It just goes deeper. There's no end to it. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple uh, pretty good uh ones. And they, a lot of I forgot what movie they took like film footage and they're cutting it to like these people that were exposed to light and their just whole face was like melting off and you see like like almost like the indiana jones uh, raiders of the lost okay. kind of like visual effects so i was like oh that's cool that's funny um and then of course i saw a bunch of people i think they were tiktoks of like these like people with like throwing skeletons <laughs> i think it was like this guy doing match cuts with him and then he sees the sun and then just like a shitty uh skeleton plastic <laughs> skeleton falls to the ground nice something like that i so didn't i, I didn't know it, there's TikTok. a lot of uh I think yeah that I've been kind of slow I had Sherm on recently and he uh do you know site 42 the Sherm yeah I know I think the uh the Sherm he's he actually um uh worked with me on a couple things um and uh yeah I actually I saw I saw that uh where you guys were talking about that on the uh on the yeah. channel here um like he's completely blown up yeah. on uh, TikTok I, I think really I might gonna... I might need to get into TikTok I'm gonna have to figure out what kind of scp related TikToking to verb um it's a it's a whole nother animal i yeah. i'm like my format for my channel definitely doesn't work because we're very slow uh slow like we're moving into animation stuff so it's like i i can't make three he posts like three TikToks a day yeah. like every day um it's like i cannot keep up with that pace uh but who knows i was actually debating Side note, I might throw up some like clips on the podcast uh, onto TikTok, but uh, try it out. Doesn't hurt. That's kind of my uh, perception, especially if you're doing readings and stuff like that. It seems like there's kind of a a lot of new, untouched uh, SCP fans who are just getting into it. Um, hmm. Who it seems like they're actually kind of discovering the universe through TikTok um, and not through YouTube or the video games. Hmm. Definitely gonna have to look yeah. into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this I'm curious about too. You kind of mentioned earlier after the storm. Um, it's when you finish day breaks, it takes you to after the storm. And then when you finish after the storm, it takes you to made of clay. Are you trying to make a very loose, like very loosely connected series? Um, like, is there any reasoning why you did that? Uh, sort of, um, when when you say loosely, I mean you're you're on point. I mean it's like there's no actual. I mean the world ends each time, so it's not like they're intertwined or yeah. anything like that. It's uh, just a thematic uh, connection with like uh, different uh, like elements. Uh, fire represented by zero zero one. Water with uh, mm, after the storm. Okay. Made of clay would be earth. And then I have not put a single iota of thought into uh, how I'm going to do wind, um, but. Eventually, I mean, I I ha- got halfway through uh, the third part and I just kind of stopped contributing. I had stuff going on in personal life and I just haven't mm-hmm. really put anything else into it. I lost momentum for that, but I might get back into it. It's a cool concept. I like that. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, that, it seems more obvious now that you uh, point out that it's like an elephant uh, type thing. Um, it almost. I'm reading um, one of the books I've been reading. Uh, Ted Chiang. Um, he wrote the short story that inspired the film Arrival. Okay. Um, not sure if you've seen that one. I've not. Uh, but he basically has this like book of short stories that um, they're all kind of loosely share similar themes, even though they have nothing uh, put together. So I could see almost like those four being like, I'm, I'm not saying you're going to publish a book, but if you published a book or something, I could see them kind of being like a standalone short stories book where they're not related, but they all share the similar theme of like being the end of the world. Yeah. And, like the elements. Yeah, I can never. Um, speaking of, uh, so you're, you're a writer. Um, do you have any other like writing aspirations outside of the SP universe? Do you ever want to be like published or things like that? No, nah, not even remotely. I mean, uh, SCP works out for me because I can sit down for an hour, write something, and then wash my hands of it, be done. Like I like I said mm-hmm. for my process, like I don't 
I don't put any foresight in like with a if I were to do like a, like a short story like a novel or something I have to actually plan it out like plot lines everything <laughs> like that now I don't have time for that I don't have time for any of that I am yeah. okay, yeah. too scatterbrained to to really sit down and do something of that any any more than flash fiction really no I just uh I'm just mm, like uh okay. right in here for that reason so I just get something done forget about it move on Cool. Since I always like asking that question because I feel like I always get completely different answers every time I ask an author of like, uh, you know, like, for example, we just had Tan Honey on and he like, he's like the exact opposite. He's like, oh, I'm writing a giant web serial and I'm doing like world yeah, building. Yeah, I heard about it. I'm interested. Like, yeah. So it, it's a cool concept. I got to definitely check that out. Um, but then, you know, I, I think more often than not, though, I definitely uh, see that like it's the true embodiment of flash fiction where people just have cool, snappy, quick ideas and they just kind of uh, painted out. Um, Sumerian's kind of a bit more like that. Um, um, so the other question I had for 2193, uh, the moon, we kind of answered this, but I want to ask anyway, why does the moon eat people? <laughs> uh, it doesn't actually eat people. Um, I saw, uh, you may be able to interpret it as something akin to be like being erased or something like that. Um, sort of, it's, uh, it's a bit of a cognitive dissonance on part of the, uh, in-universe versus out-of-universe, uh, like authors or whatever you want to call them. Um, just essentially, not, nothing, nothing, uh, that involves consumption. Um, they're just taking them <laughs> out of the story. Uh, and somebody actually had a, yeah. somebody actually had a pretty funny comment. Um, and I, cause I'd never really went too deep into uh saying that that's that's what it is but i had to have somebody comment that um it seemed like a random kind of occurrence so like you have this whole setup with the d class and they're doing this weird ritualistic thing where they go out to this place and yada 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 um and he said but including the moon as some sort of like weird addition to it just like he said he said it um it didn't make any sense it took him out of the story hmm. uh, uh i don't know he said it, he said it didn't make any sense i said oh so you mean it took you out of the story and i kind of like hinted at it a little bit but you know so you've kind of you already mentioned that you're more of a stream of conscious kind of writer but are there and you mentioned Edo, but what are some other like really uh popular sources that kind of that inspire you or that you just enjoy in general um i would say a, a couple of that that really um got me into even horror in the first place um because i used to play a lot of video games as a kid uh Silent Hill, Resident Evil, like those two series, mm. like I got really hooked on. Uh, aside of actually Resident Evil, um, I damn near pissed my, I was like eight or something when I first played that. Apart <laughs> the zombie comes yeah, up. Yeah, I couldn't play this, yeah. He comes and looks at the camera like that, like threw down mm. my control. I got up, I was like, done, done. I can't, I can't play this shit no more. Um, it was scary, but it, it got me into this type of, this type of content. I, uh, I actually played, I think the first Resident Evil game I played, I think it's four is the one where it's a, uh, like a abandoned farm town in Spain. Yeah, uh, I think it's Spain. Uh, I tried playing it on the Wii, and I think <laughs> what made it so scary for me were how shitty the controls were. <laughs> like the fact that I don't I don't know if you played the Wii port, but they're they're really awful. The controls. Uh, the fact that like I mean I was so used to like very mobile kind of like shooter games, mm -hmm. um, like Call of Duty and things like that. So like Resident Evil was my first like horror shooter. I didn't understand the fact that like you not being able to move while shooting a gun was like part of like kind of the challenge and like tactic yeah. of it. Um, that like terrified me, just like the lack of mobility and everything. Um, I didn't even, I was like literally scared me so much. I didn't even get past the first level. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of a baby with horror games. I'm not no. gonna lie. Um, um, that's, that's one of those fields that I'm slowly like, I slowly try to get into it um, and warm myself up. Yeah, if that's uh, if that's bad for you, the, the first like, Three of them are, are even worse in that respect because it's all tank controls, fixed camera angles throughout the whole game. Like it's uh, it plays with that just to constrict you and keep you on your toes. Uh, so if this, if four if four is having that effect, you're, you're not gonna you know you you wouldn't like the other ones, the earlier ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're definitely breaking. Well, the, out. the remakes looked really really good. They are really um, good. Well, except three, I think people were like, three's kind of iffy but uh i know people are raving at the second one that's i was almost debating playing them again but 
I don't know. It's, it's like I need like someone to kick my ass. Like I need to be held accountable. Like maybe if I streamed or something, that's where I could play it. There you go. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely too chickened out to play like at night at alone. Um, one of my friends, we tried playing Outlast. Uh, we made it like a group event where us three sat at the computer and would try to switch off. Uh, taking turns playing <laughs> and it was rough i i made it like I, I don't know if you played outlast but there's there's one point where we were you have to go through like a sewer system or something like that and i just like could not get past it i just had to throw it down in, ter in, ter in terms of difficulty or in terms of freaking no out? just the the creep factor okay at all yeah just mm. the suspense of it all like i very suspenseful like less is more kind of stuff that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out a lot more i've always also really wanted to get into silent hill because i really like the idea of um well the sign i don't know all the silent hill games but the one i always think about um you might be able to help me out with what game it is but it kind of deals with like purgatory um and like, uh, it's kind that of would, inferred that like it's in his past life that would be uh the second not one, past life afterlife um where the oh, guys yeah, yeah. uh that's the most famous one right yeah it is uh it's uh, some yeah. i mean first one's definitely better but that's that's definitely eclipsed it in terms of popularity and it's a really good mm. story it's kind of messed up if you go to the end spoiler warning i guess uh i know i'm not going to spoil it actually but i, I it's think pretty, it's pretty actually, it's right? very freaky. oh you have okay right. uh, so i wouldn't be ruining yeah. anything for you at least but everybody else <laughs> spoiler word for a 15 20 year old game when did that come out i think that was like ps1 right i thought that was real or maybe early it was PS3. no it was I, I don't know, man. See, my memory is just garbage, trash, dumpster fire in my brain. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Screw that. I don't know why I'm no worries. I don't want. I'm curious. Silent Hill, the first one though. Uh, what kind of like stands them apart? Like, why do you think that one's a lot better? Um, well, I think it was uh, apart from just being the first one that I that I was exposed to. Um, I just I just don't think I really uh, uh, like the protagonist of the second one as like he's. Uh, the protagonist of the first one's uh, a lot more uh, redeemable than the one in the second one for reasons which would mm. be made obvious for anybody who's familiar with that game. Um, but I think it really was just the uh, because it was my introduction to it. Um, it might be why I favor that one over the second. I'm surprised they haven't made more modern ones, uh, like really modern ones. I, I think they there was a point where they were trying to bring them back for PS3, or maybe it was late PS2. Um, but I don't know, it just seemed like they kind of died off with a whimper. I didn't really hear yeah. much about it. They had a couple that were kind of like so-so after that. Um, and there's like constantly talk that uh, they're going to finally come back after all this time. They're going to make another one. It's going to be amazing. Um, that's That's been going on for years where they said they've been coming out with another one. Mm -hmm. I, so, I mean, speaking of horror games, uh, I recently got... I think last year I got one of the cheaper VR headsets hmm. um, and <laughs> you could make the crappiest like lamest like PS1 graphics horror uh, game in VR it just makes everything like a hundred times scarier it really like, levels of immersion like uh, have you like played anything in VR before? Um, yeah a, cu a couple like random VR tester games and then uh, I did a little bit of Resident Evil 8 or it's not 8 uh, 7 Biohazard and Seven, yeah, yeah, that's that is a very uncomfortable experience. Yeah, I, I'm I am hoping people haven't really cracked the code yet, but to do VR narratives, I think that'd be a really fun uh, thing. I actually did want to do three thousand originally in VR, but I'm realizing processing power wise, we might not be able to pull it off. Sorry, folks, <laughs> um, but I, that's kind of been a personal dream of mine. I think it'd be really cool to do a fully immersive vr narrative for an scp uh story that yeah that that would be pretty pretty badass I, I would love to play one of those uh if you ever get to it sign me up <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll figure it out that's that's kind of like on my bucket list um it'd be a fun passion project to uh crack towards i'm actually learning unreal now um so i it, who knows fingers crossed so you started a youtube channel what kind of made you make that leap to actually get into youtube and doing readings and things like that um i think it was uh it's more the fact that i just um i'm just a ridiculous fan i just like doing scp stuff and that's uh easier than writing things because sometimes i just uh i'm not able to really get up the creative will to write content so that's just something else to 
um, practice my, uh, you know, creativeness in a different type of space. Um, and also, uh, I started doing audio stuff because I would uh, eventually, once I get a better setup, do some uh, voice acting and stuff like that. So it's good practice for that as well. Hmm. Okay. What kind of voice acting uh, do you like pull inspiration for, or like, are there specific roles you like to do? Um, I do uh like goofy, like weird shit, like fucking like like Sponge oh, yeah. SpongeBob. Uh, uh, what is that? That that monster? You ever you ever see uh Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I do a pretty good. Uh, what is that? The uh the big demon monster who's like oh, a crybaby. But I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. like yeah, uh, yeah. so like goofy characters, kind of like monstery characters, things of that nature. Um, uh, it's just something uh I've been doing since since I was knee high. I've been doing voices and stuff like that. So. Uh, might be something I, I could uh, use to uh, realize that uh, aspiration. I'm curious. Do, do you know? Uh, do you know the YouTuber Psychic Pebbles? What Pebbles? Psychic Pebbles. Psychic Pebbles. No, but I feel like I should. Psychic Pebbles. So good name. I love. He uh, does really great, like goofy voice acting. But he uh, he does really hilarious, really kind of goofy, really strange, uh, like dark humor. Kind okay. of voice acting, I think you should definitely like check them out. Yeah, I'll look into it. And so, like, is horror your main thing? We've mainly talking about horror, but like, are you really into sci-fi or philosophy or like any other things that you kind of branch out into? I do a little bit of sci-fi, but more like um, not so much uh, the ramifications of technology or anything like really uh, deep like that. I'm just very surface level. I do um, like weird mind-bending type things. Uh, where is it? Um, in terms of what I create, I mean, the closest I, I really, really get, I think, would probably be uh, my GOC article, which is sort of a fantasy, sci-fi, uh, like a Norse deity monster comes into our world and they gotta kill the hell out of it, because that's what the mm. GOC does. Um, three nine six three is it? Yes, three nine sixty is. Um, I don't even know if that would constitute sci-fi necessarily. It's just, uh, I don't know, my camera went down. It's um, just a very strange uh, kind of um, temporal type anomaly. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't go too, too deep into uh, sci-fi though. Uh, I dabble with it a little bit off and on, but that's not really what I, I usually go for in terms of the content I create. Gotcha, gotcha. You're uh, you're probably one of the most horror-leaning authors I've talked to today, then. I'm the most horror what? Horror-leaning. Horror-leaning? <laughs> no, horrorful. All right. <laughs> no, I'm messing. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, I feel like, uh, in my experience, on average, it seems like it's a very heavy sci-fi uh, community. Maybe that just is my experience, um, and it's not necessarily true. Uh, I'm personally much more into, uh, I don't know, that's been changing, but I originally I was very much more into the horror side of the, the community. And then I feel like as time has passed, I've been going a lot more interested into um, anything. So one of your recipes does talk about this, like kind of anything that deals with the idea of free will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really have been drawn to stories that kind of question that aspect that a lot of people kind of just assume is true. Um, cause I personally, for my life, I'm a huge believer in, um, not a huge believer, but I believe in mostly that we do not have free will. Um, I kind of believe in like partial will where we maybe have free will in very small, uh, or very like uncommon moments, but most of the time, uh, we are kind of subject. We're, we're basically very subtly kind of controlled by our environment and the things that have shaped us, um, externally. Okay. Uh, so it, kind of similar to your, uh, as if people are kind of writing our story. Uh, like I personally always been really drawn into um, like with mythology, the idea of like the fates. And okay. like, when you have these stories of like the hero trying to fight his fate and no matter what, that's him fighting his fate ends up what is what creates uh, that tragedy that he was trying to uh, circumvent. Yeah, like uh, it's uh, Oedipus. Yeah, Oedipus yeah. is a good one, yeah. Um, um, no, I actually have something that's uh, that's very similar to that uh, that I'm working on. And when I say I'm working on, what I really mean is writing a sentence every other month. Uh, <laughs> but it does uh, delve into that. It's um, are you familiar with any of uh, 
what is it? What is the name? Baztec on uh, on the wiki. What's some stuff? Is, um, I'm really bad. Oh, uh, you'll know. You'll know this one. Uh, 1733, the season opener with the, the NBA game on a videotape. Oh yeah, yeah. Or the other one, which is the uh, the Sopranos DVD that they can uh, go into televised media. And then from there, go into the televisions in that universe and then go deeper and deeper and deeper and it just gets messed up. Um, I actually haven't read that one. That was, that's really read it. It's nuts. Um, but I'm doing something that's very, uh, very much inspired by his his things like that, that touches on a, a lot of things about free will. Um, but I just I just need to get myself uh, to actually producing. So, I mean... I'm guessing you're one of those writers that are very inspiration driven. Like when you feel that motivation or that inspiration, that's when you write. Cause I know there's a lot of different kind of philosophies on like how people write and like what their process is. For the most part. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll just, I'll just be struck with something weird from just combining different thoughts or, or things that I've seen and just like something will just hit me in a weird way. And I'll be like, what if I, what if I write something about that? That doesn't make any sense, but what if I do? Um, and some, it just somehow, it just works out. I don't know how, like, uh, Christ. Um, I think I have one, it's a mime that's full of spiders that, uh, uh, they come out and they, uh, they form the objects that he's trying to mime, which defeats the purpose of being a mime when you have props. It doesn't make any fucking mm. sense. It's just a bunch of random bullshit thrown together, but somehow it works. <laughs> Do you have any like stories that like if you could go back in time and rewrite you would? Um, well, the beautiful thing about the wiki is we don't have to. Uh, we can rewrite things anytime we want. But um, there's a lot of stuff I would like to do with uh, Wind Day Breaks. I had some very very good critique from somebody on it who is a lot more critical than the majority. And um, I like most things. I open a file. I was like, yes, this is what I'm gonna. I'm gonna rewrite. It's gonna be so much better. <laughs> gonna do it one day and i just never did um but yeah there's 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 a lot i can do with that uh to rework it just to just to improve it makes micro improvements throughout it what were some of those critiques i'm curious if you remember uh it was um it was really just uh mainly down to the way the prose is structured and then i mean on top of that there's something else that i really wanted to work on with that um let me see if i can find it I don't know, but it was really it was really just down to um, the way that the uh, the second person, the way the prose is structured, and certain things. It was also about the uh, a lot of the uh, the elements don't really marry very well with the uh, the personal story, and then like the the apocalyptic mm -hmm. scenario just didn't uh, come together and meet each other in the middle as best as it could. Um, so there's a there's a couple small things I could have done to improve that. Uh, that I've been thinking of. And then in terms of the personal story between uh, the main character and uh, her wife and like their whole backstory, like I don't really explore, like kind of gloss over it for the majority mm -hmm. of the article because I'm focusing on all the grim, dark bullshit happening around them that I forgot to really make a very concrete um, narrative for the characters themselves. Um, so there's there's a lot. And I, I have more in mind about what I want to be going on there. But I just, mm -hmm. I've yet to implement it. So it would definitely be, if I were to rewrite anything from the ground up, it would be that. Oh, okay. That's interesting, yeah. I, I find, uh, for me, what I like to do uh, for my writing style is very much write a story out, put it on the shelf for two weeks. This is actually what Stephen King does. I actually learned this from him. Uh, and then come back to it and completely <laughs> rewrite and tear up the entire thing. Put it on shelf again for another few weeks. Um, and then by the third time, I feel like that's usually where I'm kind of that. Because I find with me, the first time I write something, it's very like mediocre and um, just kind of cliche. Um, I find that's like almost like my brain trying to lay out the foundation. And then the second time I try to, I almost completely throw out everything out and kind of work off the few gemstones that are hidden in the first draft. Rebuild that. It's maybe a little less cliche. <laughs> yeah. And then by the third time, I feel like, okay, that's where like things are kind of connecting a bit better. Um, and they feel a bit more fresh and not as like generic or meh. That's a good method. Um, nah, I just, uh, I just uh, go through once and I just, I throw it up there and I just cross my fingers and hope that people like it. 
Um, I don't do I yeah. don't do, I don't do too much rewriting rewriting because um, like with the exception of making sure my grammar's on point and all that best I can. I'm not a I'm not the grammar police. Mm. Uh, you know, I like to just stay focused on one thing. Um, I go over it in my head too much, and what's going to happen is uh, like I'll I'll never I'll never finish it. Like that's not right. That's not right. That's not mm. right. I need to fix this, and so I don't absolutely obsess over perfection. Uh, I just I send it out and I forget that it exists. Yeah, there's actually a really famous saying that I try to live by, where it's the 80-20 rule, where basically the rule is that when you work on something, you should just put in 80% of your effort um, and don't put in that last 20%, because that last 20% is where you start nitpicking and you try to get that perfection in, perfectionism. And that last 20% ends up taking so much more time and work than the first 80% that by the time you do trudge to that 20%, if you even finish it, most of the time the project won't even finish after that. Uh, you've wasted so much time sitting on this story that you could have written so many other works and learned so many more things just by getting the first 80 done and just putting it out there. Yeah. So that's definitely like a rule I like to live by. Um, it seems like you've unconsciously embodied that. Or yeah. consciously, I don't, I don't know if you knew about that. I, know, I think I think consciously, because I, I know that uh... You know, and I've seen I've seen in other people I used to do um, like uh, I used to be on the critique team uh, for the SCP Wiki, so I'd see people like revision a draft, and it's just like slightly better, and I'm just like, oh, can, can I, is there anything else I could do? Like, and like, no, you're good, you're good, man. Just just let it go. You got you got to just let it go at some point. Just let, just let your baby fly. So for people who don't know about like all these teams and things like that, how does it work? How do you get onto these critique teams? Is it a very formal thing? Is it very loose? Um, it's kind of loose. I mean, um, it's different because they're always changing up how staff is structured on the wiki uh, and how the recruitment process goes. But for me, it was, uh, I think I just left feedback here and there because I just uh, was trying to help other authors out. This was way back when I just first started writing. Um, and I just hmm. comment on things to try to help people improve. And uh, eventually, after doing that for a while, it was the uh, the captain of the, uh, the critique forum team. And Zin, uh, she uh, she approached me and she, uh, hey, want to do this like do like two three week. Uh, you'd be like a junior staff, so on and so forth. Um, and I, so I did it. And eventually, after doing it for so long, being a little more involved in the in the site and stuff, after that, uh, bumped up eventually to um, operational staff. And then hmm. I kind of had a burnout, and I was just like, I just can't can't really do the staff thing anymore. And uh, Went back one more time for a little while, then quit again. Um, and then I just I just do things whenever I feel like uh, I have a couple. There's a couple initiatives that I made. Um, and I think I don't think I was staff when I did these things. I was just trying to make things for the community. Have you seen the uh, user curated list? No, actually, I don't think I have. All right. So user curated list is like because um, I always see I was a moderator on Reddit for a little while. And I always see people like, oh, can you can you find me the uh, the list of a whole bunch of can you just give me a list of a bunch of scary scps or exploration scps mm. i want to see something that's heartwarming send me a bunch of those articles and 99 percent of the time because reddit is primarily used by like the off-site fandom usually it'd be like three or four things that every single person has already read um so it really wasn't much use out of that so i made these to kind of uh a uh, bunch of collections for um different types of articles there's like a horror one mm. sci-fi fantasy so new users can find this and easily just say oh this is the type of content i want to find especially with how big we're growing they can find that type of content and i kind of i made cool. a lot of this and then uh since i more or less left the site quit staff all that crap um i kind of i kind of set it up for the community to kind of curate these lists try to find things that are pretty good to read that fit a certain category and set it up for the benefit of new readers um i think mm. the newest one we have um sir slash 47 is the user here we go he made the heartwarming category for us it's got 50 articles so if you want to see something like uh the bear of the uh a bear with a heart of patchwork uh which is pretty popular um but similar That's similar articles idea. to that um if you want to read things of that nature instead of like Oh, another grim dark SCP. Oh, another world ender. Oh, another you know murder monster. If you want to, you want to get beyond yeah. that and find something that's just kind of like a little sweet, 
you know, he's got you hooked up now. So That's it's, cool. I, one of my friend's uh, moms, <laughs> she's showing interest in SCP. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them to, to uh, these uh, lists to her because I think uh, it kind of takes away the intimidation of uh, scouring through literally thousands and thousands of uh, stories. Yeah. Like we, we just have so much. There's 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 really no way like we we have to start categorizing things at some point and. Uh, and in different ways than apart from just the the, the main list, uh, I don't think we have much in the way of tales for setting those up. Uh, best we got so far is uh, another one that I created because people are always asking, "Oh, can I find uh, stories about SCP-106? Do you know any? Do you know any stories about you know 682, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera. So then we came up with this and created that, and this was a. It's now a community effort, but to create it was a bit of a pain. You probably see them. They're part of the um, the main navigation for the site now. They are the SCP. Uh, blah. They're the SCP series Tales Edition. So you can mm, read. It yeah. looks like the main list, but it's got you know if you go up to your favorite SCP and look right beneath it, you'll find tales that are related to it. It's not perfect because it's everything's manual, but mm. you know it's just something to help. Uh, people find the type of content that they enjoy because we have so much of it yeah i personally really enjoyed uh the uh sorting the tales by series because there's no way i can sort sift through all the tales and try to figure out which scps they're related to um so i think this is also another really good way to actually get tales that are are kind of like sleeping giants to get a bit more attention out there hmm. um like for me personally i always like before i do a, a a film a short film on any SCP. i like to kind of just take a peek at some of the tales that have been written on it uh, just to kind of see what's been done and i try not to retread uh ground or if i like something i'll maybe take a little little nugget uh out of the uh, tales um so what is it i mean so obviously you're not staff anymore but for someone who's not really sure what staff does or anything like kind of what was like a day in the life of what like someone whose staff uh does like for specifically your position because i'm assuming you had a specific role and things like that okay yeah i mean um it's it's actually pretty casual for the most part um outside of like serious situations like somebody's trolling or spamming or unauthorized mm. editing things like uh, uh, vandalizing pages and things like that this only time you know it gets a little more on the serious side but uh staff overall is mainly okay um and it's it's mainly I mean, when I when I started it was it was a simple uh, critique three articles a week. Like it was it wasn't anything mm. major. Okay. And I think as your responsibilities go up, they expect a little bit more from you. But I mean, for the most part, it's um, it's pretty laid back. Um, outside of extraneous situations, um, and I mean there was there was some um, they had like the staff chats and things of that nature. So all all staff members keep in touch with each other, but. And it turns out, like you can, you can, you can be on staff and not really have much interaction, um, mm. depending on what area it is that you're uh, you're involved in. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure being staff now must be crazy, given that I think last year was the biggest year for the wiki when it comes to the amount of users going through the site. Mm. Um, and I'm assuming this year is going to be even bigger. Uh, it just seems like the community just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. Yeah, and growing I mean it's, it's definitely, year. it's definitely, it's definitely a lot more hectic uh, for for others who are who are doing it. I mean that was just that was just my experience, but they're they're mm -hmm. doing a lot of, with the processing of applications, dealing with this whole copyright issue, um, and of course, uh, yeah. like I think and uh, uh, trolling efforts, things of that nature. Um, so. Some of it's a little laid back. Some of it's uh, pretty involved and way over my head. I don't, I don't, I didn't really get too, too involved with uh, some of the things that they were dealing with. But I mean, do you have any personal accounts of dealing with pretty bad trolls? Um, let's see. Um, not, not really personally. I think um, the worst was probably um, just during uh, there's there's an issue. Few years back, lots of people trolling on an article. So I think like that was the worst. I mean, it was it wasn't one person. It was like a mess of people just like all furious about one article. Um, so just trying to clean things up best I could, see if this person's trolling or if they're just trying to legitimately like argue a point. 
uh, that was uh, during my uh, Rhetorator, Rhetorator, Reddit moderator ship. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rhetorator. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think I've had to personally really deal with any of the trolls, but some some of them were. I mean, most of the time they're more amusing than anything else. I mm. mean, annoying, but you know, kind of. If you think of it, it's kind of amusing. Um, okay, so it's not as common as people might think. No, outside of like one or two like major situations, it's. Uh, I mean, again though, like most of what I did was either critique stuff or. Um, just like throw my hat in on a certain policy or something if if I felt it was relevant I had anything relevant to say so I didn't deal personally with the troll I, I didn't have to find all the people in the chats and ban them and mm. I didn't have to deal with any of that so it's it's a lot more involved for staff members who that's their area of expertise oh, okay, um, gotcha. but for me personally it's just more like I, I get to see the aftermath and just enjoy uh, what happened without having to uh you know, really take a take one for the team. I mean, I personally find it amazing that there's this seemingly super structured staff, and it's all volunteer based. Yeah, uh, like it's, wild. it's all on the side. That's crazy. People and have for been this long, like for for a decade. Very. There's been a been few people, on. like uh, like I mentioned, uh, Zin, the the critique captain. She is. I have no idea how she does. I. I this is years ago I started doing this, like back in 2016, I think is like when I joined mm -hmm. in earnest. Cause I, I've been reading since like the mm -hmm. first series, but like when I was wow. writing and critiquing stuff like that in uh, 2016, uh, she's constant, constant. She's always doing so much for the site. Like it's, it was mind boggling. I don't, I don't know how she does it. And like even up till today, sometimes I'll go and I'll check on the comments or discussion and still see her pop up, popping up, popping up. Like I, I don't know. I don't know where she gets the stamina, but she is incredible. Um, and there's there's quite a few people like that who've just been around for forever, and they continue to uh, put their effort for for the wiki, and that's that's an amazing thing. They're basically the uh, the unspoken heroes of the SP community. In a way, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I, I definitely, uh, side note, would love to get uh, a staff member on the podcast again at some point because I definitely feel like. Uh, it's something that a lot of the majority of the fan base, um, including me, doesn't entirely understand how it all works, um, uh, how it came to be. I'm really kind of interested how um, that even came to be how it is today. Uh, just a lot of interesting uh, things, obviously, with the legal case, too, that mm -hmm. I'm sure um, Erasmus or some other people might talk to. Of course, right now they're in the midst of it, so that's why I haven't really yeah. reached out yet. But uh, definitely... For further down the podcast, it would be cool to kind of have uh, a guest like that on. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, you got you got Samirian in here sometimes. He used to be he was he was much more involved uh, oh, during yeah. his staff days than I was. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he's got a lot to say about staff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. that's why I didn't ask him staff questions. Yeah. Uh, no, um, no, I, I'm sure he'll come back on the podcast. He's uh, been a guest host the most. Yeah. So, but we got we got a lot of good people you can re you can reach out to. Um, who'd definitely be interested in uh, going over some some of their issues, duties, things of that nature. Mm. Yeah, and also for the audience, if you guys ever have questions about staff uh, or anything kind of related to that stuff, let me know in the comments. Uh, I read all the comments, um, things like that. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like uh, most pretty active authors that I know about, they've either been junior staff or some form of staff, which I find kind of interesting. Not all, of course, but it seems like it's a, a semi-loose theme I run into. Yeah, I think I think what it is is uh you you know you put a you put a lot into uh the universe when you're when you're writing all these things and people people do get very involved sometimes uh detrimentally so um with the community. So I think it's uh the personal stakes and so that's why people are so open to volunteer about it because they're they're helping to build and create this wholly unique community that's really unlike anything else and to be a part of it to that degree they just they want to help guide it help shape it help mold it into something better than what it is already so it's just a sense of duty that people who uh especially people who write a lot for it uh dj cactus was staff mm. himself uh Kellenin was staff himself. Uh, Gears, Clef, all the all the real old heads. Mm. They were all staff. 
Um, I'm actually curious. I know Cactus is infamous for disappearing. Do you know if he's back? I know he uh, likes to disappear and then come back. I don't know. I could have sworn I saw something in in uh, the what is it? The SCP Death Five Thousand Series. No, no, no. Um, speaking uh, recently, but I, mm. I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I haven't really been super in, like the last couple of years. I have really have not been involved with with community discussion or uh, com- making anything for the site. So I mean. Uh, as to his whereabouts, I am unaware. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. I didn't even know he was gone. Um, yeah, so. I just know he like. Well, pa- he's kind of got this weird whack-a-mole where he'll be really active, then disappear for a while, then kind of come back. He, he reminds me kind of like the uh, if you know the manga Berserk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should check that. I think you definitely recommend. Yeah, I might uh, enjoy that. Vaguely familiar with it. I think I, I think I saw like. Uh, the anime adaptation of like one of the chapters or something like that. The new anime or the I don't know. It was like the the whole thing. It was really short. It was like they're they're just like in hell trying to slaughter demons. Everybody gets destroyed by these these uh, very uh, politically incorrect demons, which I don't think you could even if you're trying to show like the readers like oh, you can't do <laughs> yeah, that. No, no, don't no, no, do no. that. <laughs> Stay, don't don't show them any <laughs> image. This is that not in a very inappropriate content. Um, but that that was basically the whole scene. I think uh, another character who became a demon was like saying something to the main Griffith. character. I don't know. Uh, that's that's I, the entirety of my f- familiarity with. Uh, okay, Zerk. I think you're talking about the eclipse. But but anyway, that mangaka author is infamous for like writing, disappearing for like a year, then writing a few more chapters, then disappearing for two years. <laughs> so it's very I much like it. a, it's been going on since the '80s. Uh, the series and it's still being written on. Like that's how old. Uh, I think the late 80s, yeah. But it's it's over 30 years old now. Um, so it's almost facing a kind of Game of Thrones type of situation where they're like, please finish this before you die. Huh. Um, he's not as old as the, the author, but um, that's that, he's actually a pretty fun, interesting guy. If, if I'm correct, uh, correct me people if I'm wrong, but uh, I think his whole thing is um, he'll when he's not writing mangaka, he spends all of his time watching like Japanese game shows. And that's... <laughs> He basically just goes on like weird binges of TV shows, disappears for a while, and then comes back to write Berserk, which for people who don't know, it's basically like Lord of the Rings meets uh, Hellraiser. Uh, and people who don't know Hellraiser, that's Pinhead. I'm sure everyone knows who Pinhead is. Um, it's a very interesting kind of cool, uh, uh, what's it called, like a horror fantasy um, sort of piece. Um, but so, I mean, I also just want to ask, since you're an Edo fan, are there other mangas or animes that you're a huge fan of? Um, I would say, um, let's see, uh, Bleach is a big one. I just, I got into that mm. back in the day and I just like, I was so disappointed they canceled it on, on TV. So I had to, I'd catch up on the, the manga and everything like that. I was with it, like as he was producing it at that point on the, mm. uh, the final arc, uh, the 10,000 blood year war arc or something very complex along those lines unnecessarily so um so is that um what else have i been getting into recently uh i don't know if you really count avatar as uh anime it's got the same style yeah it's it's debated but i love avatar yeah um death note is pretty cool uh check that out um but yeah i'm i'm kind of a, a, a basic level outside of outside of either like real big ones like when i was a kid dragon ball z Fullmetal alchemist all that back in the day um but currently not i'm not i haven't been getting into too much right, right lately uh seven mm. deadly sins i think in sao are the last two i watched oh yeah yeah i've seen a bit of deadly sin i'm i'm like super picky with uh, a lot of the stuff i watch so, mm-hmm. uh I kind of watched it, but then I peeled off. I watched Parasite, which I'm sure people, some SP people probably enjoy that. It's basically about these like alien parasites that uh, come from space and they take over a human's host head. And essentially it's like this super powerful predator like thing that eats other humans. Um, But the main character, his parasite messes up uh, trying to get to his head and ends up binding to his hand. So his hands like this parasite yeah. monster she's like so he uh, basically has to go deal up with, on like, desk. his new identity yeah. yeah 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 that one was pretty cool um, cool concept uh in my opinion they kind of dropped the ball on it but if you it's it's kind of like uh if you want to throw something on the background uh and you like the concept a lot 
that's kind of a fun one especially because it's on netflix it's pretty uh easy to get to um but yeah it's kind of interesting i feel like ito has become more and more mainstream these past few years uh in the sense that i just keep slowly kind of seeing everywhere especially a lot of sb fans i feel like um the either were already in ito or scp um kind of actually got them into junji ito stuff Hmm. um so it's kind of nice to see that a bit less uh on the fringe um and i think there was discussion of for uzumaki they were going to try to make a netflix uh limited series out of it i think they're actually making an anime out of it though yeah i think um uh, what it was was um adult swim was going to have uh uzumaki uh, as either a cartoon or live action yeah that that one's a cartoon i'm pretty sure oh okay because of the trailer um but yeah i'm i'm praying there's a good series because i did i was not a fan of the last uh anime as much uh it felt a bit uh stiff uh, it just it didn't feel like that atmosphere of it and um i feel like i'm really hoping the uh the, the trailer was really eerie um i definitely recommend people check out that trailer um so i was like ooh, okay but I think I haven't heard anything since. So, do you want to shout out anything before we wrap things up? Any uh, things you want people to check out? Put throw uh, it in the description. I would say uh, check out my uh, very horrifically inactive, unfortunately, YouTube. I promise I'm doing something soon. <laughs> Not literally. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into it. Like I just got more stuff for my uh, audio setup. Um, I upgraded that some, and I have a. Uh, I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be keep doing uh, uh, readings of SCPs and tales and things of that nature. Uh, I have a little bit of a different take to it uh, than what's already been uh, done so far. So hopefully, people that like uh, audio readings might uh, find something uh, something new to enjoy um, in the same vein. Cool. And then uh, before we wrap, are there any uh, new articles you're writing that you might want to sneak peek or? Uh... Um, nothing active yet. Nothing super active. I actually have, uh, I do have one thing I'm working on about, uh, anomalous snuff films, which is, mm. uh, I had a image created for it. And of course, here we go. Yeah. So I got this coming out hopefully soon. If I can stop being a lazy, lazy bastard, I got this coming out soon. If I can get off my butt and I have this uh, uh, wiki author, what's his name? Jack Overlated, um, who's amazing at uh, Photoshop and things of that nature. I believe he created the new um, the new image at the end of the chessboard SCP. Have you seen that? The hmm. um, where it, it's a, it's a it has a very infamous image, the the chessboard uh, SCP. Um, at the very end of the article, you go down. And it's like the screaming faces. That's mm-hmm. all horrific and distorted, um, because the uh, the licensing issue where things aren't yeah. properly sourced and stuff. He uh, like I tried making one and I I, I couldn't really make it. But uh, user Jackal related is uh, really efficient at what he does, and he was able to uh, get things together and make the new image for that article. So this image that you're seeing uh, on a screen would be something else uh, he created for me for this article. Um, which isn't very involved, but it might give you an idea of the mood that's going to be accompanying the piece. Cool. There's your sneak peek, folks. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was cool to kind of All chat. Right. But uh, I think we covered a pretty broad spectrum of topics. Yeah. Thanks. It was fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys. Later.